0: Rule number one, never, ever, ever get caught. Welcome to Roxy's Got Moxie, where I drop truth bombs with F-bombs. Remember in the 90s when families would learn that they're the second, third, or even fourth family on the funeral of the guy? uh good times. We are now on the third part of this cheating special. I know this one took months to post but life happens so I want to thank you for listening still. Yes I will still continue to post but I can't promise the regularity of it. I will try my hardest however. At the end of this episode you would learn why liars pants are always on fire and how cheating isn't like a James Bond movie where you're James Bond and the only casualty is the leading lady in that whatever movie you're in? Cheating is like taking a hot, steamy, freshly made shit and throwing it in an industrial fan aimed at your loved ones. So, what's it to you if you're not a cheater? Hopefully, it would help you spot one. I don't mean for you to distrust your partner, but in my experience, we are notorious. For painting red flags green and making excuses for our partner's obvious, horrid treatment of us. This episode focuses on those who are thinking of cheating on their partner or those who are already cheating but want to do a better job of it. Before you lose your shit and think that I'm in any way promoting people to cheat, hold your fucking horses. In fact, hold the whole damn agenda altogether go back to what I said about people and their choices. If a person refuses or finds no reason to cheat, nothing I say will convince them otherwise and vice versa. All I'm doing is spreading common sense for those who choose to cheat on their partner because I think spreading common sense is a public service. Let's face it, some of your friends also help you with the cheating even if all they're doing is keeping their mouths shut. That's because if we can't stop you from doing that stupid shit you're trying to pull off, then might as well not associate ourselves with your stupidity. If you get caught, we wanna be as far away from you as possible when you're trying to get out of that shit pool you chose to dip yourself in. Also, if you listen to my previous episodes, I have mentioned that there are times that we are thrust upon situations where there's no other way than to handle two relationships at a time with one person, usually the original partner, not knowing about it. Before I begin my tips and tricks on how to cheat right, I would like to say that I have credentials so I do know what I'm talking about. By that, I mean, I come from a long line of, um, I'd like to say cheaters, but then we're all about positive scripting nowadays. So let me refer to them as love hustlers. When I was around 10 or something, I went home to Bicol and on our way back, we took a long way to get back to Manila and we kept stopping. We already stopped about maybe, and I would be very generous in this estimation, five to eight times. So I asked my uncle why we kept stopping and he told me that we were visiting my grandfather's wives. It took me a second, but my face did a, wait. What? Seeing my reaction, he attempted to ease my mind by saying, Let me repeat that. Wait, what? Apparently, I should even be thankful that we were visiting only women he had kids with because, God forbid, if we visited all his wives, it would take us a week to get from Bicol to Manila. And that's just my mother's side of the family. My biological father is so well-known in this department that when a cousin and I were talking about something that I can't remember now, my grandmother only heard the word babaero, and she quipped, ah, father, natural We weren't even talking about my father at that time. Moving on, in my younger years, I used to be a love hustler. Why wouldn't I be? The force of teenage hormones coursing through my veins, the unnatural blessing of Zeus in the how-to-cheat-on-your-wife department, and the addictive shower of exclusive attention from people I'm dating. Of course I would cheat. I mean, you know, um... Allow people to love me and take care of me. The point is, I have had experience in this department and know what I'm talking about. I'm not just spouting nonsense into the abyss. Standard disclaimer, if you choose to perform any of the advice given in this episode, I will not be held responsible if it ended up in a disaster. Remember that if you choose to cheat, it's pretty much like walking onto a landmine I can tell you where the bombs likely are, but I cannot account for all the bombs that are in your particular landmine. So proceed with caution. Let's begin. There are three basic rules to follow. Rule number one, never ever, ever, ever get caught. Let's say you find yourself in a situation where the person you want to cheat with also likes you and you're all happy and shit. Congratulations, achievement unlocked. Depending on your situation, you either have found a slice of happiness in your otherwise shitty predicament, or you have just morphed into a Gogothan. For those not familiar, he's the shit demon. Golgotha, the place where Jesus was crucified, was also the place where the Romans crucified criminals. These criminals consisted of murderers, brigands, thieves, and rapists. And when they died, their bodies would give out and lose muscle control, spilling bowel and bladder in the process. The Golgothan is the being made up of all the excrement from Golgotha. So that's pretty much you if your sole purpose is to feed your ego at the expense of someone's heart, psyche, and soul, basically because it gives you pleasure. And on that same note, shout out to some of my fucking exes, you know who you are, never ever get caught. Well, duh, you'd say, of course, that's the whole point. The question is, how? Patience, I'm getting there. Number one, no sudden changes. I get the high and all the endorphins how horny you get from this new relationship, but I urge you chill your motherfucking ass down remember that if your partner is a woman or women depending on your relationship dynamics they can sense these things a mile away and so accurately it is almost like fucking premonition i'm not saying men don't have this instinct but we know from experience that women have shown exceptional aptitude for this innate ability There should not even be a whiff of another person on you because your princesses and or queens can turn into hellhounds in a snap of a finger. And when that happens, your neck is the next thing that will snap. As much as possible, remain as you were before all the cheating shit is going on. Think carefully how your day would go, your speech patterns, etc. And make sure that it's the same. For first-timers, often what happens is that you get so excited that you don't mind your actions when you're with your official partner, or you get so guilty because, you know, you're doing something wrong, that you compensate. Remember that your partners know you intimately and any sudden change will cause them to suspect that something is going on. This is why when you suddenly give them anything on an ordinary day and you usually don't do this, then you probably will get the question, what did you do, in that all-accusing tone. Bonus points if you actually do these random acts of sweet nothings before you even cheat in the eventuality that you do and forget that you shouldn't be compensating for that guilt with flowers or whatever, then shouldn't come as a surprise to them. Oh, and don't think that just because your significant other doesn't say or act suspicious of you, doesn't mean that they don't suspect you or that they don't already know. So again, tread very carefully. Number two, tech hygiene. 25 years or so ago, this would not even be part of this list. But as technology is mainly how we communicate nowadays, you want to make sure that you have your tech on lock. It really depends on your style, how you go about the whole communication bit, but also it's a big factor if the person you're cheating with knows if you're with someone or not. You could have a second phone, but then you would have to hide it or keep it in your office and only contact the third party using that phone. You could also change the name on your phone to reflect a more neutral party, like an office mate of the gender you don't date, but if you're bi or pan, the point is moot. You could also have schedules when they can contact you. You can also use those fake emails that you can access only for a time to send and receive emails. So only you can access it. I once had access to an access email. And emails were sent to her when someone sent her a message on a certain site. It was bad. And yes, to address the fact that I have access to my ex's email and that I was accessing it, I did and may still have trust issues. What can you expect from a former love hustler? Anyway, when you do use those fake email things, make sure you use Google Incognito or the equivalent of whatever browser you're using. You don't want that being dug up in your history. Never use Messenger. Do you know how many people get caught in Messenger? Tons, okay, tons. I know that they have the Messenger secret conversations now, but still, don't do it. Don't be sloppy with your cheating. If you ask me, like in the 90s, the more analog you are about the whole cheating bit, the less likely you are to get caught. Number three, be very careful with who knows this information. You are giving them a solid blackmail material. Think of that for a moment. How much are you going to risk for that one night stand or side chick or side guy just because you can't keep your hands to yourself when left alone and you can't keep your mouth shut? Granted. There are advantages to having someone back up your whereabouts and alibis, but then again, how much do you trust this person or these people? Another thing, no matter how much your friends tolerate your shitty treatment of a significant other who isn't cheating on you, they may find your significant other deserving of someone else and might tip them off. I know people who have stolen someone else's girlfriend because they were not being treated right. Again, hello one of my exes, thanks for saving me from that previous relationship, if only we worked out. Another thing that you might also want to be aware of is that not everyone, I repeat, not everyone wants to know how great the view is inside your own colon. Many of us want nothing to do with your delusions of grandeur and abusive behavior. Just don't. Stop dragging people down because what you do reflects badly on them. Number four, look harmless. This is an advice from a friend of mine who usually gets in situations where he's the third party in the relationship and that's a lot to unbox, but I will leave it at that. He mentioned that if you look and seem harmless enough, you will less likely to be suspected of doing anything wrong. When I say harmless, I mean don't be a douchebag or a bitch who's openly shitty to your significant other, so they wouldn't even think that you're doing anything worth looking into behind their back. Also, he said that it helps when you meet the other person, you know, the original partner. They wouldn't even think you're the third party because you look nice and sweet and kind. Number five, time management. This is a key ingredient in successfully pulling a hustle. I was once able to pull off three girlfriends and a boyfriend with even enough time to do my homework. Yes, once upon a time, I had a boyfriend because I didn't know I was barking up the wrong tree back then. The guy I was dating was so smart, sweet, and a brilliant sense of humor. I probably would have ended up with him if it weren't for the fact that I realized that I was gay. If your significant other knows your schedule, then work with that schedule. Tiny pockets of time can be spent having coffee, making out, or whatever else you want to do with the other person. Work with the circumstances given to you. Work it to your advantage. Your significant other should feel confident about the pockets of time that you're not together. It helps if you support their hobbies and trips with their friends. It makes them believe that you're being supportive, and you are but also use that time to do, well, someone else. I will cut it here with the advice that I'm giving you because for the rest, you can easily Google that shit and make sure you're using incognito when you do. I think those are good primers, and for those who are veterans in the love hustling field, a refresher. I heard of a saying before that if you get caught, you wanted to get caught think about that for a minute. Information is in the palm of our hands, literally, and you can't research how to be sly. And if you wanted to get caught, like deep inside, you know you do, then why not just leave the relationship? I know some people have no choice, but for the majority of folks, you should realize that it's an option. It's a world of difference breaking up with someone and telling them that, It just isn't working for you than it is for them to break up with you because they have no choice. They found out you were with someone else. Huge fucking difference. For those wondering, no, I have never broken this rule, but for those who have or think that eventuality of getting caught is inevitable, listen further. Rule number two. If you broke rule number one, deny until you die. If they suspect you and ask you if you're cheating on them or something along those lines, the first response is confusion. That's the only response apt for this because anything else and the suspicion increases. Many people get caught because they are unprepared for the confrontation. Be prepared, but don't over prepare. Don't have ready excuses for each and every incident. Remember, they are supposed to be insignificant moments. You don't remember shit that happened two weeks ago, like cutting your nails, so there's really no need for an elaborate explanation of how your toenails were particularly problematic that time. For those who haven't caught on, this is what you call gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse that's seen in abusive relationships, It's the act of manipulating a person by forcing them to question their thoughts, memories, and the events occurring around them. A victim of gaslighting can be pushed so far that they question their own sanity. Look at that! I gave you a word for what you're doing! People sometimes don't think it's a thing until there's an actual word for it and that it exists outside their realm. The reality of how good or horrendous a thing is only comes to light because you know what thing it is. So yep, that's what you're doing. You're consciously choosing to be an abuser. This is why it takes a different kind of gut to really get into the psyche of someone who will purposely gaslight someone else. Take note that the partner that you're essentially abusing cares and trusts you so much that they will choose to believe you instead of the reality hitting them in the face. So cheat pa more. Rule number three if you get caught red-handed blame the situation or the other person. The perfect opportunity to get out of being blamed at least immediately for cheating is the moment you get caught. I mean unless in those situations where your partner Already retaliated before you even knew they caught you. Did you hear about that woman who caught her husband and twin sister inside her car? So she opened the car, left them naked out in the parking lot. Yikes. So, yes, tell the other person that because they've been busy and that they have not paid attention to you, or even the fact that they have been paying too much attention to you and it was suffocating. In short, Pick an insecurity and have at it. You can spin that as the only reason why you cheated, so it's not your fault. See where rule number two and number three are just pretty much gaslighting? Yes, because you did not lend it responsibly like I keep telling you, you fall further into embodying a Gagothin because how dare them blame you, right? Afterwards, whether it's a few minutes or days later, get back to me about how that gnawed at your soul. Or not. I mean, I never had to resort to gaslighting. I mean, I don't think so, because I've never been caught, so I never had to use it. But I did prepare, if I ever was caught, to use that. After all these things, you would think, God damn it, Roxy, stop being so fucking smug about getting away with it. Well, can you blame me? I was a fucking Jedi in the cheating department that the few people I cheated with never even knew about it. Why is that something to be proud of? Because them not knowing saved them a lot of hurt and mindfuck that one goes through when one finds out that they've been cheated on. Refer to episode 4 for all the gory details. Does that make me any less of a shit demon by being able to get away with it? Of course not. I was as shitty as those cheaters who just want to feed their ego because that was what I was doing. I own up to me being a selfish, ego-feeding, shitty excuse for a person that I was. So what's the point of all of this? What is the lesson to be had if all I'm telling you is to one-up a person so much that you mess with their reality, hurt them so much that they could never recover from it, essentially traumatizing them? And some even go as far as killing themselves. Here are your lessons. Number one, you can learn from your mistakes. I don't believe that once a cheater, always a cheater. At least 10% of them change, I think. Of course, that statistic is completely made up, but the point is, some do change and some don't, but in my experience, only a few do. Rarely do people sit and internalize how it is their fault that a relationship falters. Take me, for example. I stopped cheating because it wasn't thrilling anymore. If things came so easy for me, there was no point in doing it. Sure, that was not the same as sitting down and feeling remorse for all my cheating. But don't worry, karma got to me and she got me real good. That's for another episode. Number two, if you don't think that you can be on the same page with a person, then maybe you need to dig a little deeper and find out what it is you want. If you don't know what you want, then stop being a selfish little girl shitting on people's otherwise happy lives before they met you. Number three, gaslighting someone doesn't just damage them, it also damages you. Never mind the personal guilt and your conscience eating you up inside for abusing someone emotionally and psychologically because let's face it, some of you don't really care. It damages you because when you're found out, your reputation plummets. The damage doesn't just extend to losing some friends or even family members. Sometimes it also affect job opportunities because they did a background check on you and that's what they heard. If you can, on a personal level, abuse someone close to you, how will that translate to an office mate or the company? We are in 2020 where though it can be better, The spirit of a society cancelling someone is high. Think about all the Karens that are on our newsfeed every day. Once caught, especially on video, which is very likely nowadays, how will you navigate your life after? Even now, it is difficult for me to gain someone's trust when it comes to an exclusive relationship that I may want because they heard of what I did in the past and sometimes they can't get over that. And that's something I have to live with for the rest of my life. I expect that my partner may not trust me 100% and it is my job to exert the extra effort to prove that I no longer am that kind of person I was back then. So that's something to think about. I also have trust issues now because if I can be that good in covering my tracks, then someone else can be better than me. The more shitty you are, the more flammable you are. It is science. Liar, liar, pants on fire. This is Roxy, reminding you that even if you do shed the shit demon skin, the stench could still very well haunt you for the rest of your life. So as always, blend it responsibly.